Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Good morning, good morning, good morning everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, good morning Jesus. Father. Good morning, we thank you for the wonderful week gone by. We thank you for all those powerful testimonies you have given us over the week. Many of those were shared at our Bible study session on Friday. And there are many more that have not been shared there, Lord. But we thank you all the same. We thank you that you continue to pour your mercy on us. That you do not hold back. You do not look upon us with the eyes of judgment of a king. But the eyes of love of a father and of a friend. The eyes of mercy. Uh, today we reflect on a topic of that type. One where you allowed man to negotiate with you. We thank you, Father, that you are showing more and more of yourself to us, revealing your nature, revealing your ways that are high above our ways. And you gave us that word so that we might understand how you function in your kingdom, how your ways are designed. So that when we understand that and we pray in accordance with your ways, then your kingdom has come into our lives. We thank you, Father, for that power in your word that you make available to us. You gave him to be with us as a living example, and now it is he who enriches us through his spirit in all utterance and knowledge. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you continue to draw each of us to yourself every single day through our encounters with you, through our reading of your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts. We share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family, with all those that do not know you, all those that do not want to know you. And with all those who are being lifted up in prayer at this altar this day, Lord. In a special way, those that have no one to pray for them. We ask, Lord, for a quickening in their spirits. We ask for your mercy, your glory, your light to touch their lives. That there is an awakening there. That there is revival. That there is renewal. And a rebuilding of your kingdom in their hearts. We thank you, Father. We share that, Lord, with every one of these. And as we lift them up in our prayer, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the great I am, the one who is ever faithful, the God of hope, the God of peace, the God who is a consuming fire, the one who destroyed our enemy, as 2 Amos 1 verse 9 says, who destroyed our enemy tall as the cedars and strong as the oak. Yet you destroyed his fruit from above and root from beneath completely on both ends. We thank you, Lord, that when you are for us, no one can stand against us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus, the one who taught us faith, the word himself, our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification through his blood, and we are redeemed of him. It is he who holds the key of David. It is he who leads us on the White House in the day of battle. 
the one who is called faithful and faithful and true. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the rock, our foundation. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of light and truth, the spirit of life, the hand of the Father, the seal of the age to come, the scepter of the King of Kings, Jesus. The one who executes the will of God. God himself and has made tabernacle within our body, giving life to our mortal bodies. Quickening us in the spirit. Giving us an understanding of the revelation of the Father. Our advocate given here to pray with and for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word, your spirit. And the gift of prayer to combine these together so that we can be partakers and we can get into the process of creation as well that you have taught us in Genesis. Your principles behind it, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have blessed us with angels with destiny help us. We thank you, Father, for every provision that you have made in the physical for our lives and every spiritual gift that you give us. That when you are our shepherd, we lack nothing. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By your precious blood, Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters, and any spiritual attacks. In the name of Jesus, I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption from all of these possibilities, all of these attacks. We speak into the day of each of these, Lord, that are part of this praying family. We declare safety. We declare abundance. We declare prosperity. We declare success in each of these lives. In the name of Jesus, we declare answered prayer. We herald the power in our spoken word. As we proclaim your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, neither will it fall to the ground, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. And I send it in faith. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For that power of life that you give us on our tongue. And you give us the wisdom to choose. The discernment. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I'd like to reflect on moving from negotiation to alignment with God in prayer. And there are two examples from the Bible that... Uh, that we are like to touch on and then we could reflect on those. So let's start with Genesis chapter 19, where the angel of the Lord came to Abraham saying he was sent to destroy Sodom for its wickedness. Now Abraham remembered that his nephew Lot lived there. 
and he started to negotiate with God, starting from a number that he thought would be significant enough for God to reconsider. What if there are 50 righteous people? And then came down all the way to 10. Perhaps there are 10 short, 5 short. He did this for Lot and his family. He could have come down to 4, knowing that Lot's family size was 4 people. But he stuck at 10. And didn't come down further. Why? What did he realize? Let's look at another scenario now. Jonah was sent to Nineveh to warn them to repent so that God's judgment of destruction upon them would not come to pass. Jonah tried many ways to escape and God kept rerouting him like a GPS, resending him back there. Now, when they repented, God relented and did not destroy the city. Much to Jonah, the prophet's dislike. He was upset. He was angry because they were not destroyed. And he went outside the city and sat there waiting for God to come to his way of thinking. And God grew a plant there overnight that provided him shade from the scorching sun. And Jonah was glad that God did this. But the next day, a worm ate up the plant, and then Jonah was upset. Now, God approached two prophets with a message of destruction of a city. And there were two different approaches here. But there is one common lesson to learn in both. Abraham stopped at 10 because he realized what God was getting at. He was starting to understand God's way and approach, even to a planned destruction of the city. Something that was pre-planned. Jonah, on the other hand, was upset because, of this, because the city was not destroyed. He sat there angry, wanting God to see his viewpoint. Why did you send me here if you didn't want to do it anyway? But he didn't want to see God's bigger picture. And so the lesson of the worm eating the plant, where God went on to say to him, that's in Jonah chapter 4. If you feel so much about a plant that you didn't even grow, one that appeared overnight and was also destroyed just as quickly as well, then how much more should God feel for the 60,000 people that live in Nineveh, let aside the cattle and animals? Here God explained his ways to Jonah that Jonah didn't quite get in the first instance. He wanted Jonah to understand his perspective and his ways, which when you go back to the example of Abraham, Abraham quickly understood it by the few incidences, by the few instances of the negotiating that he did. 
that God wanted to spare the people. And if he found a few righteous, he would not destroy the righteous with the wicked, which is what God eventually did there in the end. The angel rescued Lot and his family. It was eventually only the four that were taken out of the city before that city was destroyed. Abraham understood that God would do something of that sort. So didn't go further. Jonah didn't quite understand, so God had to use the example of the plant and the worm. What does it mean for you and me? Often we pray for certain things and then God doesn't answer it in the way we have asked. And we wonder, do you even care about me? We want God to see our own perspective. Do you not understand? Do you not see how much trouble I am in? That I am crying here, that I am suffering and nothing good is happening, nothing's changing. We often take the angle and approach of Jonah in our prayer there. When we ask according to God's will, he hears us. 1 John 5 verse 14. And that's where the bigger question comes. That what I have asked for, was that in accordance with God's will? If it was, he would hear because his word says he hears. Was there a bit of a misalignment there? Is there a difference in my understanding? Often there are things that we're asking which are not in accordance with his will. Things that he knows if he gave those to us, if we have them, it will bring destruction upon us because we are not able and capable of managing it yet. We are not prepared for it yet. So he won't answer certain prayers. And that again is his jealous love for us. It is his way of protecting us. But we fail to see it quite often. But in the place of prayer, if we keep on persisting there, he will show us why and what the alternatives are. So that when we understand how his ways work, all we need to do is align with them and then ask, seek and knock. When we align first and then ask, seek and knock. Abraham got this part, Jonah didn't. What about Solomon? When God came to him in a dream and he asked, ask whatever you want. Solomon could have said, make me the richest man in the world. But he understood that if I asked for wisdom, that wisdom would make me the richest man anyway, because I would have the understanding to do what it takes. Often we are saying, make me this and make me that. But on our part, the process is what we want to bypass. And God is saying, without that process, you will be left weak, vulnerable, exposed. What is your prayer alignment looking like? Are you asking or interceding in line with his will for the person that you are praying for, even if that is for yourself? Or are you following their request without looking at what God's word says? It is important 
to love them, but we must first understand that if we do not ask according to his will, 1 John 5.14 makes it very clear and straight. It gives a question mark. You will be surprised as well. The second point, the stories seem to show that while God has a plan, it is sort of set in wet cement that is not yet completely hardened and formed. He makes an allowance for your input and for your adjustment, which is why he came to the two prophets, telling them about the destruction instead of directly going and destroying the cities. He wants that intercession. He wants your input, your adjustment. So that we can call on his mercy. If you know him and his will, then you can negotiate the outcomes like Abraham. It is for us to open our understanding and look at where God is taking us. Is there something I am missing? Lord, show me. If that negotiation that we then make still aligns with his will, he will give in just like he did to Abraham. And Abraham got that very clearly. So he didn't come down to Lord. Lot has four people in his family. How about just bring them out? Which God still did anyway. But Abraham understood it. A third point. He will always try to show you why. When he doesn't answer a particular prayer, he will show you why. We need to keep pressing on. And leaning into him to receive that revelation or update. But most of us are often in a hurry to leave when we do not see that answer coming. Before that update has come to us as well. Just because our prayer is not answered anyway. We fail to see the bigger picture. We do not want to even wait to see before that bigger picture is painted to us. We ask for jobs, for finance, for material benefits, or even speak harm about others without considering what God really wants there for us. Our prayer is like Jonah. And then we want to go outside, away from his presence, and sit and wait. When will you understand what I am asking of you? We get grumpy and we say, God doesn't care about me. And it is important for us to know that he loves each one of us too much to destroy us. And so sometimes his no is that way of protecting. We must keep on persevering in the place of prayer in order to understand to understand this and then gain that clarity and with that clarity in thought and a better understanding of that situation that he gives us with that knowledge let our faith be propelled and pushed further and then we adjust what we ask for because now we have gained the wisdom to look at what we should be asking whereby we might still get the kind of outcome that we earlier wanted Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I ask Lord for that understanding, to open up our understanding for your wisdom to be poured into our hearts. So that every time we look up to you in prayer with a request, without asking, seeking and unknocking. We seek what your will says and we ask according to that will. And that when we negotiate with you and you reply to us, we try to join the dots in between to see what it is that you are really trying to tell us. Open our alertness in the spirit, Lord, to pick all those clues that you give us, the directions that you are pointing us to. So that when we make our prayer and our asking, our seeking and our knocking is aligned with your will, then we can negotiate and we will still be aligned and still achieve the kind of outcomes that we were negotiating for. I ask for that edification in our spirit this day, Father. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. Those that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures today. For all families that are embattled, that are facing division and separation. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds, Lord. We ask for a renewing of our mind through your word that we connect with every single day. Through the morning encounters, through the reflections for daily living that Brother Savio posts. Through our Friday Bible study teachings that are transformational. That carry your presence where you minister to each of us, Lord. And through our own personal reflection on your word where you speak to each one of us directly to our life circumstances, to where we are at. And you raise us up from there. We pray in a special way against the yoke of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance of your ways. Which is what we are reflecting on today. And of poverty. That every such yoke be broken in the name of Jesus. We also pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit. We believe, Lord, that we have received. We believe that this prayer of agreement can only bring an answered prayer because that is your will, that is what your word says and it is promised to us of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shara <laughs> 
In the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that's been put on my heart today is from Isaiah 2, 5 to 8. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of diviners from the east and of soothsayers like the Philistines. And they strike hands with foreigners. The land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. The land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. The land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. All glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a few scriptures that have been shared in the chat as well. The first one is from Hosea chapter 14, verse 8. 
quoted from the easy to read version of the Bible where the Lord warns Israel about idols. So this again is connected. And the verses read, Ephraim, I will have nothing more to do with idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and watches over you. I am like a fir tree that is always green. Your fruit comes from me. A second scripture is from Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, quoted from the New Living Translation, where it is written, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. So my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And the third scripture is from Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16, quoted from the NIV, which talks about Jesus, the great high priest. And it is written, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may have, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And as we were praying in tongues, the scripture that he put on my heart was from Matthew 6, verse 33, where it is written, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. He said, all those that you are negotiating with me for shall be added unto you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections, Brother Savio's powerful, practical reflections for daily life, our daily Divine Mercy and Rosary sessions, as well as the Friday Bible study sessions, please share links for family and friends to join that they might be blessed as well. They can join live or you can also point them to the recordings that are available on YouTube, on Facebook, as well as on our Spotify podcast page. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, God, Russell. Bless Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Jesus.